Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, we've had a, a day or two to figure out what exactly we watched on Saturday, and I say that almost as if we lost. But no, no, you heard the victory march. We in fact did win the game. Um, a lot of the questions though, just. Some weird stuff to talk about. And we're going to get there. But first, we're going to talk about some college football in its entirety with a little college football roundup. Um, first things first, you thought our offense was bad. And I've been, I've been saying it for weeks. Iowa is terrible. So, again, if you feel like Notre Dame's offense is bad. It's not up to snuff. It's not what you want it to be. I I encourage you to go look at Iowa. You can watch it. I don't I don't know I'd recommend that. It's gonna take a while and it's not gonna be fun. But just to make yourself feel a little bit better, you can just look at the numbers. That doesn't take very long and I'll do it with you. So you can be bothered by Notre Dame's Output on Saturday, which honestly wasn't terrible. It was 428 yards. 223 rushing, 205 passing. It was nice. But it's still just, it didn't feel great, right? Well, it could have been this. It could have been 158 total yards of offense. That's total. 158. 81 passing, 77 rushing. One for 13 on third downs. Average 2.2 yards a carry. And have six turnovers. That that could be the offense. But that is offensive. So I encourage you to, if you're feeling bad about Notre Dame football and their offense, go check out Iowa because you'll feel a hell of a lot better. And we're going to do it. We're going to do their drive chart because it, they did mix it up. They they had some fun. They mixed it up this week. It wasn't just punt, 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 punt. They had some fun. I mentioned the six turnovers, right? Right out the box, one play, interception. <laughs> that was awesome. So Iowa, interception, punt, fumble, downs, if it helps. <laughs> They gave the turn the ball over on downs without actually getting a first down. That's got to be new. They moved the ball eight yards. So it wasn't like this big, long drive. You know what? (sighs) They went for it on their own, the 30-yard line. It wasn't like they were in Ohio State's territory. They just already knew how this was going. So they're going to try to do their thing. Oh, by the way, they did get a touchdown defensively. Yeah, they got a pick six. Or, sorry, fumble. Fumble return. That was Iowa's touchdown. Of their, They lost 54-10, to 10, by the way. Their only seven came from the defense. So, sorry, pick up where I left off. On downs, total of eight yards on the drive. Field goal. Hey, it's 16-10. to 10. We're in this game. And, and then they weren't. Uh, punts after gaining one whole yard. Uh, <laughs> pick six on the first play of a drive. Don't worry, we're going to get the ball back and punt. Let's go to the second half. Fumble on one play. Their drive was one play, negative one yard. Fumble. Next drive, 
interception after gaining one yard on two plays. Next drive, downs, punt, downs, fumble, punt. My God. And you think Notre Dame is bad. Just, ah, interception, punt, fumble, downs, field goal, punt, interception, punt, fumble, (laughs) interception, downs, punt, downs, fumble, punt. I I got to be honest, they're mixing it up. They're they're making it a little more fun for all of us, really. Oh, my goodness. All that to lose 54-10 to Ohio State. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, you think Notre Dame is bad? That's so awful. Um, Tennessee won. They beat the brakes off of uh, University of Tennessee Martin. I wish I knew their mascot, but I don't. Tennessee won 65-24. to I would have loved Notre Dame to put up 65 this week. They probably could have and should have, but they did not. We'll talk about it. Clemson beats Syracuse, who we have both of those teams in our next two games. And it looks close, okay? Clemson wins 27-21, six-point game. Oh, no. Syracuse is actually up on Clemson, but it's not that simple. All right. Clemson had, and I'm going to use this when I talk about teams now, Clemson had almost a half a thousand yards of offense. That just sounds like so much more than 500, but that's all it is. Half of a thousand is 500. But I heard it phrased that way, and I was like, God, that's a lot of yards. It is, but it's not. It sounds bigger than it really is. But uh, they had 450 yards of offense, 293 on the ground, and only two of those rushes were over 20 yards. One of them was a 50-yarder by Will Shipley. But 293, you're thinking, oh, man, would they have a couple 50, 60-yard runs? Negative. <laughs> Negative. They had two that went over 20. They were just boom, 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 constantly. They did run the ball 60 times. And maybe that's our formula to beat Syracuse. But I also feel like DJ Uwe Ungalale, I think I said that right. Beef, correct me if I'm wrong. DJ Uwe Ungalale is a little bit more of a threat, along with Kate Klubnik, than Drew Pine could ever dream of being. Now, that's the thing. Uwe Ungalale didn't even have a great game. 138 yards and two picks. That was his stat line. But Clemson turned the ball over four times and still won the game. Clemson is that good. Syracuse didn't do anything. I mean, they they turned Clemson over four times, and they only scored a grand total of 21 points. Oh, that sounds like what Notre Dame did with UNLV. Interesting. Syracuse is not UNLV. Clemson's certainly not UNLV. But uh, Clemson did get the win. They're still undefeated. They'll be a top-five team when they come to South Bend. And... Well, I'll talk more about Notre Dame and what our season looks like and what it can be. Um, what else happened? Uh, oh, LSU beat Ole Miss. Of course they did. Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? Brian Kelly sucks. We think he sucks. We know he sucks as a uh, a motivator, a leader. He's just so simplistic. And then he goes out and beats the top 10 team. Now, is Ole Miss that good? I don't know. Well, he sure shit didn't do that when he was in South Bend. So, whatever. <laughs> what else is new? Uh, Oregon beats UCLA. They look good. Oklahoma State beat Texas. All right. Keep them horns down. Uh, Alabama effectively shut out Mississippi State. TCU looks like the real deal, man. Uh, but I don't know how good the Big 12 is as a whole. I I just don't know. I don't know. But what's frustrating about all a lot of those games, and yeah, I focus on the top 25, but you just you look at the points being scored. Ohio State with 54, Tennessee with 65. I don't care that it's against Iowa or UT Martin because Notre Dame isn't even touching those numbers against whoever. Marshall, Cal, and UNLV, like we're not, 
LSU put up 45 against a top 10 team. Oregon put up 45. Oklahoma State, 41. Wake Forest, 43. Tulane, 38. Alabama, 30. That's kind of low for Alabama. Penn State, 45. Who we thought didn't have a fucking offense because of what uh, Michigan did to them. I mean, Michigan shuts them down next week. 45 points. I just... TCU, 38. Oh, man. We're, we're just... We're not that. Clemson scored 27 with four turnovers. The 27's not a lot, but turn them over four times, it makes it difficult. And from what I understand, a few of those turnovers came inside the red zone, one of which came at the five-yard line. They're about to score. So it's, it's frustrating when you look around and see what all these other teams are doing, and then you look at what we're doing, and it's like, it's like the the magnet when you flip it around and like it doesn't doesn't go together. We we look we look challenged. We look like there's there's a puzzle piece missing, and and Tommy Reese is is trying to fill it with a bingo board, but he didn't do too much bingo this week. So let's get into it. Notre Dame versus UNLV. On the peacock. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. Alright, we're going to start with a little story about how the peacock sucks. I don't know if anybody else had trouble. I know John and Always Irish had his uh, issues with lagging and logging out and etc, etc. I had problems myself. This this peacock thing has got to go. The the forced upon peacock. Because I will give peacock credit for this. If you like to go back and rewatch a Notre Dame game, I highly recommend doing it via the peacock. Absolutely. They the commercials get cut out. It and jumps just right. Goes from game. It's nonstop game. There's no commercials. There's no breaks. You just it's the televised version of Notre Dame football. And you don't have to worry about skipping commercials, fast forward, and the rewind. Play It's all easy to use as long as the game has already happened. Because if you had my Saturday, which included watching the CCYFL Ducks win 21 nothing, and my son getting a conversion and having a 21-yard run in the middle of it, uh, and then watching the CCYFL Red Raiders lose 28 nothing, That was not great. Uh, my son did have one tackle, though. Then go coach first base for the Padre Little League Braves. All of that to be said, it, and we did not win that game. We played a pretty good team on Saturday. But by the time I got home and got to sit down and watch Notre Dame football, which... I, I don't I don't just pick it up in the middle. I watch it from kickoff till it's done as if it were live because I I want I need I need the emotion. Like I live for that. I live for the excitement, okay? So I would come home, flip on the peacock, and it's saying live event, and I'm looking for like, you know, start over from the beginning. You know, common phrases you see when you go to like Netflix and Hulu and uh, Amazon, whatever, right? All these different apps, even Peacock, for the start over from the beginning. Where, where's that button? I'm like, I don't see it. So I'm like, I'm, I told my boys, I'm like, all right, stand right next to me. If I turn this game on, and it is in the middle of the game, like it feels like it's about to be, I need you to press this button, rewind it all the way back to the beginning. So, I'm standing at where I can't see the TV screen, hit it, and I already hear action. And I'm like, not, I'm like, press rewind, press rewind, press rewind. So, I go into my room, wait for, I'm like, I told my boys, hey, tell me when it goes back to the beginning, I'll come out. And I just hear, Dad? Daddy? It, it won't go back any further. I'm like, what do you mean? 
Like, it won't go back any further. And, like, right now, Notre Dame, I'm like, don't tell me the score. Don't tell me the score. They're like, okay, but we can't go back any further. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we're pressing rewind, but it, it won't go back. So I come out, and I'm like, I, got, I just got to face the music. And I see that Notre Dame's winning 10-7 to 7 with, like, it was like nine. It was just literally just after UNLV had scored. I didn't know how they scored, or I just knew they scored, but it was right after that because UNLV was kicking off. And you couldn't go back more than two hours, I found out. You have got to be kidding me. You Like, do you not understand how people watch sporting events, especially games and teams that they're passionate about and live and breathe and die for? Like, if you don't have a clue how that works, you don't need to be broadcasting games and force people to watch it on your bullshit app that clearly doesn't work for this function, okay? Because do you think it's enjoyable to pick up a game already knowing the score is 10-7 and I've missed six minutes of football? How did we get to 10-7? Is it good? Is it bad? Did we, like, I don't know. So, I guess this Peacock was terrible. I, but I will say, once I was in the game, by having no choice otherwise, the stream was fine. I had no issues. The lack of commercials um, was annoying. It wasn't as bad as Toledo last year, where the game was just so close and so intense and frustrating because it's fucking Toledo. And then you go to these commercial breaks where there's dead silence. And you're just like, I, I need a commercial. Like, I need something. I need the progressive guy. Don't turn in your parents. I need I need mayhem. I need somebody to, like, give me two minutes of not thinking about what the shit I'm just watching. But at least we were beating UNLV. But even the silence has me thinking, why does our offense still suck against UNLV? At home. What is happening? But the Peacock needs to go. Or, I and see, here's the thing. I could say, well, you know, next time it's on Peacock, uh, and I can't catch it at the beginning, I'll just wait till it's over. Well, then what do I do during that time? I would want to watch football. But then I would probably catch the Notre Dame score. And that defeats the whole purpose. And it's, it was just not, not a good thing. It was terrible. I hate it. Don't love it. Never, don't want it again. If you don't know... How important Notre Dame football is to the majority of people watching Notre Dame football. I can't help you. You need to have someone in your circle of forming this concept to have a grasp on what we expect from our product on the television and access to it. Like I don't even know. Well, I guess my dad is Peacock, so he was he was out of town and. Uh, He's like, I can't even try to watch it because I I don't know how I'm going to access it and whatever. And I'm, I'm lucky for him. He, I, I haven't talked to him because he hasn't watched a game yet. So I don't know if he knows the score or knew the score, I should say, before he attempts to watch it. I don't know. But like I said, after the fact, Peacock isn't bad to rewatch the game. <clears throat> I have no issue with that aspect of it. <clears throat> it's the forced upon watching of when it's live and happening. Too many issues. And I thought it would be a blessing in disguise that I'd be able to start it late, have my Twitter notifications off, and not get any updates before they actually happen. But instead, I got to pick up the game with nine minutes to go in the first quarter, and Notre Dame's already winning 10-7. So I feel like I should recap the game the way I saw it. Tell you what happened, and then go back and recap the first six minutes. But... Uh, there's, 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 I mean, there's things to discuss. There's things not to discuss that you're just talking in circles. Um, I will say this. If you guys are following me on Twitter, please do at five foot nothing pod. And if you do follow me on Twitter, you probably got to see a, a just absolutely fun filled back and forth all week with a specific Twitter handle from UNLV. And, yeah, I'm leading with this because it's just, it's hilarious. It 
in some aspects provided more entertainment than the game itself, sadly. But we have 12 games a year. We open up with Ohio State. Um, then we got coming up Syracuse, but we got Clemson. We got USC, North Carolina even. I'm skipping them. Uh, BYU, you know. But real quick, that's another team. BYU kind of, uh, is their win, is our win against them awesome? Like, I'm not sure anymore. Like, I I really don't know. Because they really have fallen off. Uh, If you didn't know. They just lost to Liberty 41 to 14. So I don't know, but anyway, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked. But a, after Notre Dame beat them, they got housed by Arkansas and Liberty. So whatever. But we have 12 games, and some teams are actually pretty decent at football. Some of them are known for their football. Others are not really known for that football. And that would be a team like UNLV. The University of Nevada, Las Vegas. You could argue they're known for their basketball, which was pointed out to me by this wonderful Twitter handle. But my rebuttal to that when discussing Notre Dame, UNLV, history, etc. You want to say UNLV is a basketball school with the implication that Notre Dame is not. I guess, yeah, most people don't think of Notre Dame basketball. But uh, here's a fun fact that this Twitter account who said I was ignorant to UNLV football is apparently ignorant to Notre Dame basketball. Here's a fun fact. Did you know that Notre Dame is in the top 10 in wins in both college football and college basketball? In fact, I believe they're the only team in the top 10. And you know what, though? In this lady's defense, and oh, by the way, you will get her Twitter handle. I don't normally do shout-outs. I'm not Fighting Irish Faithful. I'm not Joe. But we're, we're going to give a shout-out. Twitter shout-out today. So, in her defense, yes, Notre Dame is in the top 10 all-time in number of wins. For Some of that has to do with longevity. I agree. So, what you really would want to focus on is winning percentage. Because number of wins is cumulative. You could play, if you play 50 years longer, which I think is even more than that, but 50 years longer than someone else, you should, by default, have more wins. So, let's focus on winning percentage. And she wants to pipe up about UNLV having the fifth best winning percentage in the history of college basketball. Again, implying that Notre Dame is no good at college basketball. But here's the funny thing. You can take a screenshot of UNLV and Notre Dame in the same screenshot in all-time winning percentage in college basketball. Because UNLV is 5. Notre Dame is 14. So I found it funny. She's basically implying that what UNLV is to college football... That Notre Dame is to college basketball. No, 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 <laughs> Sorry, lady. Sorry. She just keeps lobbing them up and I just keep knocking them out. Completely clueless. But the the highlight of the whole thing, you need to check out the interaction. It, it goes on. It goes on. It goes back. She talks about the stadium and... It's quite hilarious, but her her big shining moment, her big ha ha gotcha, was UNLV is a basketball school and Notre Dame is not, and implying that again, what UNLV is to college football, Notre Dame is to college basketball, incorrect, and that UNLV hasn't even been that good lately in basketball, but whatever, but. She said that how she started any of this interaction with me was, you're going to learn about UNLV football. You're so ignorant to UNLV football. And I'm like, (laughs) outside of someone who's a UNLV beat writer, 
or someone paid to cover college football? Who is not ignorant to UNLV football? I was just like, what are we even doing? It was, but it got to it got to the point where this was fun. It got to fun. Like initially, you're like, I'm I'm gonna defend, but then it just it became humorous because she kept coming back with these great things that she thought were just awesome comebacks and, and negative, focusing on well, if if UNLV had their starting quarterback and their starting wide receiver and key defensive players, you know, this game would have been way different. And I'm like, oh, it's funny you say that. Because if Notre Dame had their number one quarterback and their number one wide receiver and key defensive players, I feel like we would have won by 40. Because, again, she's ignorant to Notre Dame football. She wants to blast me for having a Notre Dame-only podcast, being a fan, not being paid, and doing this for fun. And she seeks me out, listens to my podcast, and then trashes me for my lack of knowledge of UNLV football. Meanwhile, um, we are without Tyler Buckner. We are without Avery Davis. We are without Bo Bauer. We had a defensive lineman uh, transfer out. Uh, missing, I know I'm missing an injury uh, on the D-line. But point being, <laughs> like, you're not the only one with injuries. And even with that, we still won by 23. And we played like crap. In fact, when I start going through the game, you're going to stop and think, Notre Dame won, right? They won the game, didn't they? Yes, we played the victory march. They did win. But, man, it was ugly and not pretty and bleh. But I got to finish this thought. And here, here, here's her shining moment. Because I'm going to give you the, the Twitter handle, get your Twitter shout-out, and then I'm going to laugh and laugh and laugh some more. Because I, five foot nothing, a hundred nothing, Notre Dame only podcast, was called out for being ignorant and unknowledgeable about UNLV football. So, here you go, guys. At UNLV Rebel Girl, but girl is G R L. So it's UNLV Rebel, as you would spell it. And then GRL. This lady called out your boy for not having a clue about UNLV football. The very next day, the very next day, she has a tweet that says, well, hold on. I can't read her tweet yet. I got to read what she quote tweeted first. The Rebel Report. Rebel Report, UNLV. UNLV-centric Twitter account reporting on UNLV. And uh, they had a fun little thing. Uh, Who's that rebel? And for the episode, they went around the campus of UNLV to see who can spot UNLV football coach Marcus Arroyo. Let's see who can guess. And (laughs) it's funny. Because it was so bad that she quote-tweeted it so UNLV Rebel Girl said, it's kind of sad that so many so-called students don't recognize their football coach. <laughs> Just so I can understand. Just so I can be on the same page. You got mad at me, a diehard Notre Dame fan who only talks about Notre Dame who only talked about UNLV because we were playing them, who then we played like crap and still won by 23, you got mad at me for not knowing anything about UNLV. Meanwhile, your own students and fans don't know who the head coach is? It doesn't... That was oh, that was just icing on the cake of just absurdity and just lobbing them up and knocking them out. You can't get mad at me for not knowing shit about UNLV when your own people don't know shit about UNLV football. <laughs> oh, man. I <laughs> I laughed. Oh, I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. You, uh, yeah. And she accused... Oh, by the way, guys, she accused us of running up the score. 
And it's, this has nothing to do... I, some of you might think, well, it's a woman. No, I don't care. Man, woman, child, cat, whatever. It, if you're going to accuse somebody of running up the score, they should probably be doing things in an effort to run up the score. Now, Notre Dame did run. And that was it. They didn't run up the score. They just ran. In fact, we ran it so much. At one point, I think we had 15 consecutive run plays. And within that, yes, I'm calling the Brayden Lindsay little jet sweeps, tosses that count as passes. No, 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 no. I'm counting those as runs. There's, come on. We know what they are. Statistically, they show up as passes because the ball moved uh, a foot in the air and he was in front of you. But we know what they were. And in the second half, Notre Dame ran the ball with those included uh, 26 times and threw the ball four. And I don't think she realizes that if you're going to run up the score, you should probably be uh, making an effort to move the ball down the field. But what she doesn't realize is we didn't have to do that. Although, I'm going to talk about how disappointed I am that we did that. But I had to give solid, just a solid Twitter shout-out to at UNLV Rebel Girl. Because the interactions were hilarious. They were just, they got funnier and funnier when she tried the gotcha with basketball. That blew up pretty pretty quickly. But it, it just, it culminated with the, the whole thing started about my ignorance and lack of knowledge of UNLV football and accumulated with her literally <laughs> tweeting that UNLV students and fans don't know who the UNLV football head coach is. I mean, come on. So you might say I'm just as knowledgeable, if not more knowledgeable, about UNLV football than most, such as their own fans. And also, I'm pretty sure I said accumulated when I meant culminated. There's that too. So we've got that out of the way. And uh, now we get to the portion of the show where I've already talked about for over an hour. This episode should be entitled Technology Sucks. Maybe that'll get a little more attention. I don't know. But it's still just going to be Notre Dame versus UNLV recap. But technology sucks because I had my peacock situation. That's been discussed. And that did save. However... The other hour and whatever I talked did not. And normally, I don't re-listen or listen back to uh, my podcast. I save it and uh, do what I do. Put in my little notes, make a post, boom, send it out, done. Well, after it's save, I noticed that the running time was like 20-something minutes. It's like, there's no... That's not right. What the hell happened? So I listened back. And it, it cut off right when I was starting to talk about UNLV Rebel Girl. So uh, that part was kind of new. But not really. It was already said. Just had to re-say it. But now this is the portion where I let you know that I've already said everything you're about to hear. And spoiler, it's going to be about an hour long, if not longer. So there's that. So get comfortable. Grab a brewski. I've already got one. So cheers. And let's get into this. Now I wanted to recap the game the way I saw it, ass backwards, and in the weirdest way in which I've ever watched a football game, which is watch the end of the half of the first quarter, the second half of the first quarter, then the next three quarters, and then go back and watch the first six minutes. Thought that would be kind of cool to get you guys get a feel for how I watch the game. But I'm just going to go through this and talk about it how I do. Um, I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Watch me for the changes and do try to keep up. Uh, first things first, this will be a common theme throughout the entire episode. Um, True Pine really likes Michael Mayer. <clears throat> it's his favorite person. He likes looking at him. I, I, I get it. Mayor's a handsome guy. He's got the blue eyes. He's going to be an NFL tight end. He's dominant. I I get it. But, bro, 
I will say this. If I love my wife in the same way in which Drew Pine loves Michael Mayer, I'm going to have a very successful marriage. I can confidently say that. Because the man has eyes for nobody but him. Like, it's bad. He's good. I get it. He's so good that on Sunday, I was doing a FanDuel daily fantasy lineup, and I got to the tight end, and my boys were like, pick Michael Mayer, pick Michael Mayer. I'm like, I can't, I can't. He's still in college. Even though, if I could pick him, I would. Like, now, while he's on Notre Dame's roster, I send him to a team that doesn't have a tight end right now, and he would be an instant fantasy success. But that's how good the man is. But, you know what, he's, he's just not that good when he's triple covered. And you got a whole whole bunch of good things happening uh, away from Michael Mayer. As pointed out by Greg Flamong, at Greg2126. If you're not following that man, you need to. He breaks down plays and game like, like that's his job. And it may very well be at this point. I'm not sure. But he he's good. He's good at doing it. And there was a particular play that I noticed live. And here's how what, what I noticed. Michael Mayer at the top of the screen by himself. And then you got a little bunch thing happening at the bottom with Merriweather, Lindsay, and Thomas. And when I saw that, I said, cool. Because one of two things should happen. One, UNLV decides they're just going to go one-on-one with Mayer. And it was third and six, mind you, if I didn't already say that. <clears throat> and Mayer would likely be able to beat that one defender and get open and get the first down because you know Pine's looking that way. Or they're going to make sure Mayer does not get that first down and which would require more defenders on him. And here's what happened. Mayer runs a route to the sticks. The defender with Mayer is with Mayer. A linebacker drops and goes underneath Mayer. The safety comes over the top of Mayer. And by the time Drew Pine throws it to Mayer, there's three UNLV defenders within like two yards of Mayer. That's known as triple coverage. Meanwhile, Brandon Lindsay's running a post wide open because the safety that's now over the top of Mayer has vacated the middle of the field. And Lindsay already showed you he can get open and he's fast, but it was more important that we throw it out of the back of the end zone. That was, that, you know, I, I get it. I get I mean, Lindsay, you're wide open, but like, I want to show everybody how strong my arm is. She says, <laughs> out of the back of the end zone. That was another play. Greg Flamong pointed out. Greg 21-26. This dude might get a lot of love this episode. Uh, as he should. He does a great job. On that particular play, when Lindsay was wide open and Pine overthrew him, if Pine just bleeds the ball to the middle of the field just a little bit, towards the hash, it's a different angle for Lindsay. Well, first of all, you got to keep it in the field of play. Let's start there. Just keep it in the field of play. It's uncatchable regardless. It, you threw it out of the back of the end zone. Who's catching that? Even if they do, what good does it do? Nothing. Anyway, was a little to the inside. Throw it to the hash. Let him run to it. It's not hard. Come on. But when we're looking at Mayer, you don't see those types of things. That's just how it goes. And uh, while Mayer is running routes to the sticks, <clears throat> a new Notre Dame staple that I'm not a fan of is not running to the sticks. Third and six, we're, we're going to go ahead and run a four-yard route. I know, it doesn't make sense either, but check it out. What we're going to do, got you. We're going to have him break a tackle. That's how we're getting there. Why are we doing things that don't make sense? It, you don't run the route short. Now, and it, I don't know, know if I want to put this on Tommy Reese. and I'm not going to put a lot on Tommy Reese. Uh, there will be Tommy Reese slander, don't you worry. Don't you worry. That's happening. But it's not for as much play calling and stuff. It's other stuff. Um, th- there's, there's plays that might be designed to be like a five-yard hitch. Well, guess what? If it's third and six, make sure you get to the six. <clears throat> like, you just, you got to. You, you can't be short. That's just all there is to it. 
But <clears throat> Pine did find Jaden Thomas wide open. Good throw. Hallelujah. He threw a good one. SMA straight up the gut. Touchdown. Looking good. Our first quarter points, by the way, um, we had grand total of six coming into the game, which ranked 130th in the country. After our tremendous output of 23 points, we skyrocketed all the way to 98. Okay, not not that high up. I mean, we, we went up like 30-something spots. But, we're still 98th because our offense is atrocious. And something that has to do with Drew Pine. It's pretty obvious at this point, isn't it, guys? Like, locking in on Mayer, waiting till the last second to realize at some sometimes Mayer's just not the guy, and then late throws to uh, Merriweather in the end zone. If you see Merriweather sooner, it's probably a touchdown. But you can't go, Mayer, get open. Mayer, get open. Please get open. Mayer, get open. Ah, shit. Ah! And then... No, that's that's not going through your progression. That's not going through reads. That's playing backyard football and looking for the best player. It's ridiculous. It's not a formula for success, as we can see. Come on. Then we let uh, UNLV lead DJ Brown's jockstrap at the 50. I hope, he, I hope he picked it up after the game. I mean, he should have gone out and scooped that baby up. It, The guy's running, not really at the sidelines per se, but like the angle DJ Brown sort of kind of had would use the sideline as a defender. Instead, he comes flying across, over pursues, and the guy just whoop, cuts back. And I'd say 50 more yards, but it was 49. He went down at the one. But then we gave up the touchdown. And, and it's 10 7, and we are caught up with where I caught up on Peacock. Ridiculous. And then I'm getting stuff on the television that's just making me mad. But in a good way. It's like, they flash up, no game is 97 yards of offense so far in this game. And I'm like, we're eight yards of play. Man, I can't wait to see what that looks like because I don't know right now. <clears throat> I just know we've gotten 10 points. Because it turns out we can block some punts. And uh, maybe... Is maybe you should block Isaiah Foskey on punt block. Just an idea. And the craziest part is if you put the two block punts side by side, they looked identical. Foskey did the same inside move, and UNLV blocked it the same exact way and left him untouched to just go destroy the punter. That it was, it was quite funny, to be honest. You know, and then, uh, Styles had a kind of a key drop on a third down, and in that and since Mayer was wide open, and that's the part I don't get. You you love Mayer so much, and then he's running on a drag. Nobody on that side of the field. You throw a ball to Lindsey, which was a perfect pass. Nothing on Drew Pine. Nothing against Drew Pine in this situation, because in fact, Mayer would have had to catch the ball and get yards for the first down. Styles caught it beyond the sticks. Correction: Styles dropped it beyond the sticks. On a ball that just hits you right in the hands, dude. Like, come on, be better. Be better. And, yeah, for my Avery Davis comment, tell me he wasn't going to be the wide receiver one. I know some people are like, no, Styles is going to have a breakout. He breakout and drops. He keeps, He's dropping the ball. You got Styles dropping it, estimate fumbling it. I get why you only go to Mayer. But we got to be more versatile. We just do. And as I'm saying all that, boom, the mayor scores another touchdown. Shocker. And then we thought we had the touchdown record. But that ball play got overturned. Hell of an effort. Oh, he just he just missed it. Uh, but that was weird. The, the replay took a while. And I didn't understand why. It was pretty obvious he didn't catch it. But then you get the entire stadium. Ooh, boo, ah, terrible call. Boo. I'm like, I don't... I haven't seen a game in Notre Dame Stadium in too long, truth be told. We need to get me out there, guys. Let's let's get that going. Getting five foot nothing out to South Bend for a game. But the, everybody was booing. Like, what replay did they show in the stadium? He did not catch that. There's nothing to boo. Like, what you did, 
You didn't boo the call. You booed Michael Mayer for not catching is what you did because it was obvious he didn't catch it. My goodness. But we thought he had the record. He didn't. So, oh well. Uh, but that call gets overturned. Meanwhile, Drew Pine's getting targeted and just blasted in the skull and nobody cares. They're like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're good. He's fine. He's good. He's woozy, but he's good. I, I just, I don't, I don't get what they were reviewing and not reviewing. Referees have been, it wasn't as bad as Stanford, but it, it wasn't great. It was not great. Um, then we just do, we do things that don't make sense to me. We block two punts and then it's like the next time they punt, we just drop everybody. Same issue I had with the Stanford thing. We showed we can block a punt. So when we need to block a punt, we drop in, in like some sort of coverage Go, go. If you can block it and they're letting you block it, go after it every time. Our offense sucks. We all need to work in unison to help the offense. Defense, special teams, all of it just help help push our little offense along. I mean, hell, Iowa, their defense scored a touchdown. Only touchdown of the game for Iowa. But their defense is trying to help. Special teams got a field goal for Iowa. And speaking of field goals, we had way too many field goals. Uh, our offense sputters and just dies when it needs to come alive and be creative. Because we, we we just we can't be that when we're close, right? And you know, estimate fumble. Um, he's the ideal guy to have on the goal line, but if he's going to be fumbling, like, dude, I'm sorry. I, you're probably the best running back we've got in terms of overall skills. But heads up, buddy. Diggs can play. It'd be nice to have Diggs and Estime balanced in terms of running between the tackles and have Tyree on the outside. But, bro, if you can't hang on to the ball, those carries are going to Diggs. And then, you know, Tyree's going to come in and do his thing. But we, we need all three of you. It's a great balance. It's a great, well, I say it's a great mystery on what you're going to do, but Tommy Reese makes it pretty obvious and very helpful to the defense. But it, the three of them should be able to be on the field at the same time and really confuse the defense, and we, we just don't do it. And that's my issue with Tommy Reese. You know, we're going to run Mitchell Evans with a little QB tight end sneak. Love it. Beautiful. Uh, quick question. Um, why are we running it against UNLV? We shouldn't need to do that. Come on. Why are we running little cutesy stuff like that against a team like that who I didn't know anything about but turns out didn't have to. We played like garbage and still won by 23. Should have been 43 if we knew how to put the ball in the end zone and not kick field goals. I mean, how many times are you going to get the ball in the University territory and not do anything with it? You know? But the Mitchell Evans thing, cool. You figure out how to do a short yardage thing. So, fine. It's ridiculous we had to use it against UNLV. And um, I thought it was interesting that we did it with Steve Angeli on the field. We're all sitting there like, ooh, peanut butter and jelly time, peanut butter and jelly time. Peanut, peanut, peanut butter and jelly time. You're like, no, we're going to go to Bob Evans. We're going to get some pancakes. Get some syrup on my pancakes, and we're gonna do Evans QB sneak. So he didn't even get to touch the ball. Never mind the fact that the reason Angela was in the game was a targeting that wasn't called. But then we tried to get JD Bertrand on a targeting later, which I thought uh, was funny. I believe it was always Irish tweeted out uh, JD Bertargetrand because uh, bro, stop. Stop trying to hit people in the face. It got overturned. All good. But we got the Evans thing. I'm coming back to Bob Evans here. They run it a few times. I believe Evans played quarterback in high school. I, I feel like that's a thing. So, cool. Maybe the next evolution, the next step in that progression is he actually runs a play as a quarterback. But... I have yet to see Tommy Reese do things to build on something else. Like, there's just things that 
I feel like, oh, that was cool. You know, we should run that something like that again, but play off of that. But we don't do it. Like, even with, with Mayer on the field, like, there's times where you, you see, like, the, the third and sixth play I re- referenced earlier. You're like, okay, Mayer's by himself. Um, you get the one-on-one perfect. If you don't, that he's a great decoy. He's triple covered. Get your eyes the fuck off of him and look elsewhere. Like, that should be a thing. We should be playing Mayer as the number one, but also as a decoy at times. Like, okay, get all the eyes on him. And then Drew Pine, while you love looking at him, take your eyes off of him and look elsewhere to find open receivers. But I'm saying all that to say, like, the Evans deal should be a progression to something, but I don't know that I trust that. I have yet to see Tommy Reese do anything that leads into something. Uh, Logan Diggs, wheel route, backside, wide open. I forget who it was against. doesn't matter. Wide open. Most open I've seen a no-name receiver in quite some time. And I was, I've was i been waiting for not that particular play again, like not that specific play, but that route from Diggs where you start doing it, they're going to jump the Diggs route and you throw someone right underneath. And he Diggs has taken defenders with him and he's got all this room underneath. Do Does Tommy not think like that? I know he plays bingo where he's got to call certain plays. But then does he also like... He, he's got the whole setup. He's got the bingo balls. It's like a little bingo bag. Just reaches in there, pulls it out, and goes, ha-ha! Right, I'm going to run this play. I didn't think, it was, this was the, I, didn't think I was going to pull this play, but I'm going to have to burn it now. I don't have the bingo space for it, but we're going to run it. Like, you got to build on something. Something's got to build on something. So, the Mitchell Evans progression should be, what happens next is, Evans comes across in motion. And maybe he does take the snap as quarterback. But what I'd like to see is... Because here's the thing. If you keep doing it, you don't think Syracuse and Clemson and other teams we face are just going to plan for that and just have like 12 guys. Well, that's illegal. 11 guys. <laughs> 11 guys like within a yard of the football and just bah! And it plays over. Like, come on. So what should happen, what I'd like to see, is Evans comes in motion, hesitates, or not hesitate, but gets under center, and then, whoop, scoots over, boom. Shotgun snap to Pine. And what should happen is the defense hesitates and maybe sneaks up a couple steps, and then right behind all that goodness is open space for you to find receivers. That would be a natural evolution to something you are running. Because if not, why in the hell are we using a play like that against UNLV? I don't get it. That should not be that should not be the UNLV stuff. That should be the save it for the Clemson stuff. Or maybe Syracuse, because we don't know how, how tough that game's going to be. It just doesn't make sense. And then we get Mayer. With the most ridiculous one-handed catch we've seen in some time. Like, awesome. And how do how do we thank him? We don't score a touchdown. Hey, great catch. We don't got you. Our, have, you seen, have you seen our red zone offense? Our goal-to-go offense? It's not good. And that's what it was. It was not good. Not great, Bob. Mayor can't be the only read. You can't see Merriweather late. Like, that that can't be. That can't be how it goes. You can't just stare at him, stare at him, stare at him, stare at him. Oh, shit. And then just throw it somewhere. Like, it's, it's just annoying. It's annoying. Uh, <clears throat> then when we do have tremendous play designs, going back to Drew Pines, he finally doesn't look at Mayer. He has Chris Tyree wide open. And he throws it over his head. I know the guy's only like 5'8". Chris Tyree, not true Pine. <laughs> Got to clarify because they're both 5'8". Um, and here's the thing. Overthrows Tyree. And I'm thinking, okay, damn it. 
I I bet there was a defender, big lineman in his face, and he had to like try to throw it over that guy, and it just it got away from him. Nope, 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 nope. He had Chris Tyree right in front of his face. He could have thrown a bullet right at his chest. He saw all of Chris Tyree, head to toe. He had a perfect lane and still airmailed it. We we just can't have that. I realize I realize all of our season's goals are probably squadouche. But we can still play spoiler. That's going to be the, the end game here. That's how I'm going to end this mess. Our only goal left is to ruin Syracuse's season, ruin Clemson's season, ruin USC's season, and maybe, just maybe, learn some stuff along the way. Um, I don't know what they're, what's there to learn, uh, but because I don't know if Tommy Reese will be back. I, I, I'm i not sold that he should be back. But maybe get some young guys in. I don't know, but when, when you're missing Chris Tyree that wide open with that passing lane and that time in the pocket and the right at the goal line, like, bro. And then you have all day, you get a ball bat, and it's a pick. Great sequence. For someone who wants to jump out of a third-story building. <laughs> like, come on. <sighs> then we find, we get to halftime, and it's 30 to, I think it was 30 to 7. Right? Was that, that was the halftime. Yeah, 30 to 7 at the half. Should have been like 47 to 7. But we don't, we don't know how to do it. Don't know how to put teams away. Don't know. Just don't know. Just don't know. It doesn't, nothing makes sense. You know, then we get to halftime, and uh, real quick, I don't talk, who talks about halftime? I do. Uh, no, Kenny Main got old real quick, guys. Like, he, that's not the Kenny Main I remember from Sports Center making me laugh all those years. Uh, and I didn't know he had such a serious leg injury in college, nor did I know he went to UNLV. He learned something every day. Nor did I know Randall Cunningham went to UNLV. So, maybe UNLV Rebel Girls, right? They do have some rich football history that I was unaware of. As was their students and fans. But no, I, uh, Kenny Main got old real quick, but it was cool to see him on campus. Uh, just if if you're my age, 38, you grew up with Kenny Main on SportsCenter. Guy was hilarious. Uh, just, it was a good time. It was a good time. So it was cool to, cool to have him on campus. Standing next to Kyron, who I uh, can't wait for him to get back. That'll be good. Um... Uh, but anyway, we came back to football, and Foskey gets a sack. Then we start with a sweep to Brandon Lindsay. And here's where I get on Tommy Reese. The Mitchell Evans thing. Great play call. Why are we doing it against UNLV? The Brandon Lindsay sweeps. Beautiful. Why are we waiting till UNLV to use these plays and use them successfully and everything else? Like I don't, I don't get it. And then Drew Pine, short arm Styles, wide open. I right in front of the end zone too. Those are short, missed field goal. Is again, we did win this game, guys. <laughs> we did win this game. And our our defense, the tackling has just got to be better. Um, most notably. When Harrison Bailey on third, fourth down, excuse me, slipped the tackle to get the first down. Uh, but the favorite part of that was uh, Jack Collinsworth called him Harrison Bader. So I'd say go Yankees. Because in the moment, it was go Yankees. That was Saturday. That was before we the Yankees shit the bed two more times. Yay! Their season's over. But uh, I thought it was funny. Collinsworth called him Harrison Bader. That's how much respect. That's how much people know about UNLV football. They're calling them Yankee players. <laughs> uh, and then Harrison Bailey gets the touchdown. Um, more batted balls. Just, but the second half, overall, I said it earlier already. 
we just we ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. I'm like, and we're using timeouts for no reason. I, I consider it wasted. Evans on a sneak play. We got to call a timeout there. I I don't I don't get that. It just it doesn't make sense. But the playing not to lose. That's what it was. We were playing. Like we were trying to get out of there. It was weird. We were playing as if we we're just let's let's end the game. Like oh, I, we need to we need to end this. Like, like if you saw the way we played and saw the 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 play the drive chart and the play by play, you would think that we we're up against Clemson. USC or Ohio State. Like, man, Notre Dame's just trying to play it safe. Let's just get out of here with the win. Not UNL fucking B. Come on. Like, that's that's not good. How is that going to beat Syracuse and Clemson and USC and anybody really left on the schedule? Like, it's not great. It's not great. we got to learn how to put a team away. Step on their throat. Make them hate that they're on the field with you. Nope. Not not Notre Dame. We got to play it safe. Just play it safe. And that that's a problem. I'm I'm not I'm not okay with that attitude. We we've got to do better and make a concerted effort is end teams. Yes, we ran for 223 yards. Sure we only throw for 205. But we ran the ball 47 times. Like, for for reference, you know, Syracuse just gave up 293 yards to Syracuse, which I already said, and they ran the ball 60 times. But that was Syracuse. They're pretty good. But what this, this is UNLV, guys. What this tells me is they are deathly afraid of Drew Pine throwing the football. I guess when you get how many batted balls down, one led to a pick, even though it shouldn't have been a pick if they actually fucking reviewed some shit, whatever. But you get numerous padded, batted balls. You got missed wide open receivers. Everything. Like, screw it. Let's just run the ball. Run out the clock, get out of here, go home. It's just a weird direction to take versus a team like UNLV. This was a game where Steve Angeli should have played the fourth quarter and gotten some real game reps because I'm shocked Drew Pine came back as quick as he did because he got blasted in the back of the head and was 100% woozy. So if you're not going to make an effort to put a team away to get opportunities and experience for guys who may have to come in and play, I I don't know what to tell you. It just, it was... For a game we won, it was frustrating. Very frustrating. I There's no, no other way to describe it. I... You win by 23, but it, it should have been 43. Just missed tackles, and I don't want to. Oh, you and maybe just maybe just maybe you and LV was good. No, you and LV Rebel Girl, you and LV is not good because Notre Dame played terribly from what we've seen. And I'm not speaking out of line thinking, oh, we expect the game you never No, We've seen it against better teams. We played like garbage and still won by 23, still won by three touchdowns. It's just, it, it, we can't play like that. We can't have our defense only giving up 21, which we shouldn't have given up 21 to UNLV, but that we did. Missed some tackles, whatever. But we can't only give up 21 and still look that troubled trying to win a football game against lesser competition because we're about to play better competition in Syracuse and Clemson. And it's it's gotta be better. Like it, it is more execution. We talk about execution, execution, execution. This week was more about execution versus Tommy Reese's play calling. Now Tommy Reese is gonna get some hate from me just because why are we seeing stuff we should have been seeing? Why are we seeing stuff this game? 
Like, and why are we not building on stuff we have done in the past? You do know you're allowed to run the same play twice, right? You're not some 16-year-old girl like, I only only want to wear the one outfit just the one time. Once I wear it once, it's no good anymore. I can't wear it twice. No, Tommy. Run what works. Stop with your grab bag bingo nonsense. And build upon something. Plays should set up plays. Like, that should be... A thought process. When you're designing a play, how else can I make this formation or this setup work in other ways? But I don't see that, and we need to see it. So, uh, I think I'm uh, going on like an hour, like I said I would. Uh, But we won the game. Coulda, shoulda, woulda been better. It wasn't. But we got Syracuse next. I'll bring you a preview of that. And by the time I bring the preview of Syracuse, I should have some really awesome information for all you guys for Saturday's Count. You know the Twitter account, at Saturday's Count. You know the website, saturdayscount.com. Go there. Get your only so many Saturdays make them count t-shirt. There are only so many Saturdays. we got to make them count. We made this one count, despite what we witnessed and what I said about it. We did make it count. We won the game. Uh, we got to make this one count this weekend, Syracuse. Um, and then after that, it gets a little bit more difficult with Clemson. But go to SaturdaysCount.com. Check them out. Pick up a T-shirt. Wear it proudly. It, it's it's a cool it's a cool tagline. It's the best one in football because it makes the most sense. So, you guys know where to find me at Five Foot Nothing Pod. Email me Five Foot Nothing Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you had fun with this episode for the second time. Well, for you guys the first time, for me the second time. I've already said most of that shit. <laughs> Technology. All right, until next time. Five for nothing, 100 nothing, out.